0: driver, we're clear. Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's episode of The Florida Project, the podcast where Disney fans celebrate Walt Disney World. If you like Disney and you like podcasts, you will probably like The Florida Project. I'm Jason. Uh, next to me is Michael. Hello, hello. And Will is off this week, gallivanting. He's on a sea quest oh. to Disney Sea. No, nah, he's just out. He could be at Disney Sea. He could be at Disney Sea.
1: We have no way of knowing. Nope. Absolutely not.
0: Although we could ask that friendly dolphin that we've given a translation matrix to or whatever. Darwin? Yeah. Wasn't he able to talk to Jonathan Brandis? Yeah. Well, anyway, we wish him well. In his dolphin-related absence. (laughs) Um, If you'd like to support the show, get access to some awesome bonus content, and hang out with us on our Patreon-exclusive Slack channel, become one of our Patreon saints at patreon.com slash Podcast. All of our Patreon saints get access to two additional shows, TFP Extra Extra and Disney Classics. Each week on TFP Extra, Extra. we keep the podcast train rolling with more zany fun, the airing of grievances in a topic that may or may not be Disney-related. On the monthly Disney Classics series, we watch and discuss each of Disney's animated classic films. Uh, We just released our episode on Mulan, and our next classic will be uh, The Black Cauldron. And I'm going to assume that we'll be doing a watch-along the week after Thanksgiving. So stay tuned for more announcements. Additional levels and rewards are all on the Patreon site. So sign up at patreon.com slash podcast today and get more of the Florida project. In this episode, we'll discuss some nonsense and small topics. Michael will give us the latest news. I will take us on a trip down main tweet USA, and then we'll celebrate the birthdays of the greatest mouse couple of all time, Mickey and Minnie. All that and more is coming up on this week's episode of The Florida Project.
1: It's a small topic. Topic. Small topics.
0: All right, there are lots of birthday celebrations this week. What is your favorite way to celebrate your birthday? This is when the... It seems like this is when the Valentine's babies matured
1: in the last week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. True. I would say... Go to Benihana for dinner. Mm-hmm. that's become a tradition. Yep. For years now. Get your coupon. Mm-hmm. And celebrate with at least you. Yeah. And some friends. But not like a huge group of friends. Yeah. Like you don't a, want like a big rager party. Yeah. Like a kegger I've had some good parties in the last few years, but I like a more low-key affair. Yeah. Yeah, mine is I
0: like to either travel, um, which is what we're doing this year, or uh, some sort of activity. Like, we've we've done escape rooms uh, a lot the last Mm -hmm. few years, and I enjoy that. And just like a nice casual dinner. So, either a big trip or some activity in a more low-key type of thing.
1: Yeah, I like my birthday the time we celebrated at Disneyland. That was fun. Yep. But that's not a regular occurrence.
0: You got to ride in the front of the monorail on that, Mm -hmm. on your birthday on that trip. All right. Elon Musk, short for Elongated Muskrat, according to the (laughs) Weekly Planet, (laughs) took over Twitter a couple of weeks ago, and things aren't great. Uh, what large established corporation or like business sector would you choose if you were tasked with acquiring and then destroying a corporation?
1: I would probably go after cable news, oh yeah, yeah, one in particular <laughs> <laughs> take that b b c one I think it was b b c one yeah, I would try to destroy a if i had to destroy a company one cuz i don't want like put people out of jobs yeah. but if it's a company that's like actively hurting the world yeah in some capacity then i would want to take them down yeah mine got so, fair i'm sure there's worse companies but i can't think of any yeah
0: mine would be i think the easiest one to to uh take down would be like a movie studio and do kind of a producers type of situation where you're just green lighting <laughs> terrible things um, the one on the producers was called Springtime for Hitler, is that right yeah they had to they had to make a musical and lose money or something somehow. I don't know,
1: yeah, they were trying to make a flop, but it ended up being very successful, yeah,
0: so I think uh, uh I think I could take over Warner Brothers and shut it down. I don't shut it down. Yeah. I don't want to shut it. Actually, I wouldn't take over Warner Brothers. Sony. I'd take over Sony. Yeah that's, yeah, that's fair. Shut them down. And then, or just the movie part. And then we can get those Spider-Man rights back over to Marvel. Get rid of this Venom thing. <laughs> uh, and finally, if Mickey Mouse decided to make a big career change, what job do you think he would be best suited for?
1: Train conductor. Oh, that's good. Or not conductor. Maybe the person that comes by and takes your ticket. Yeah. Your general um, all-purpose... What's the person on a cruise ship that's like the head of... Oh, the cruise director? Yeah, the cruise director, head of activities and stuff. Your social director. Yep. Something like that I think you'd be really good at.
0: Yeah, mine's similar, but a big... uh, uh, A less prestigious job. Walmart greeter. Oh, yeah. I think you would be, ha, ha welcome to Wallo. <laughs> oh, boy. There's the returns. <laughs>
1: uh, and that's it for Small Topics. Thanks, Jason. Those are some great Small Topics. News. Here are three news items to discuss this week about Walt Disney World. Number one, Price changes come to annual passes and single-day tickets. Dun-dun-dun! So first up, park-specific pricing will begin starting December 8th for one-day, one-park tickets, and this joins the already existing date-specific pricing. Disney's Animal Kingdom will remain the same price and the cheapest at $109 to $159, depending on the date. Disney's Hollywood Studios will be going up to $124 to $179. Epcot will be 114 to 179 and the Magic Kingdom, which is the most popular, will be one hundred and twenty-four dollars up to one hundred and eighty-nine
0: dollars. Wow, I don't. I haven't looked at the
1: single-day prices in a long time. That's that's a lot. Yeah, it's base. It's basically what Animal Kingdoms is. So, like now, it's one hundred nine dollars and its cheapest uh-huh. currently uh, for any park. But now it's different for the each of the parks. Yeah. So also expect Hopper add-on to vary in price by date as well. The lowest ticket price of $109 has not changed in the last four years, but is now limited to just Disney's Animal Kingdom. (laughs) It hasn't changed, but you can't get it. (laughs) In better news, Disney will also start automatically assigning a park pass reservation at the time of a single day single park ticket purchase, replacing the current manual system that relies on guests making a reservation after purchasing the ticket. This will also start on December 8th.
0: Well, that's good. Like one less step. Especially if if you're spending all that money, then they can do that extra step for you.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, just, but not doing it just makes it hard on people that aren't that familiar with Disney and may not know to do that. And yeah, you don't want to show up on your Disney day and be told you don't have a reservation, so you can't get in. Yeah,
0: and I guess the if if it was full that day, that park, then you probably couldn't buy a one day one park ticket for that park. So
1: yeah, it makes sense. On the annual pass front, prices will be increasing for most of the passes. Incredit pass will cost $13.99 up from $12.99. Sorcerer Pass will cost $969 up from $8.99. Pirate Pass will cost $749 up from $6.99. And the Pixie Pass will still cost $399. So no change for the, the lowest tier pass. Note that new annual pass purchases for the Incredit Pass, Sorcerer Pass, and Pirate Pass are still on hold, though they can be renewed. The pixie pass is still available, though it is the most restrictive in available days to visit. The new pricing will go into effect whenever the passes are available for purchase once again. Renewal pricing is unclear at this moment, but it's typically discounted. yeah that's
0: a uh, that's a bold strategy. is increasing ticket prices on something that you
1: can't buy?: <laughs> Yeah, the only thing I think of is I guess the renewal price will also go up. Yeah, I guess so. Um, before the discount, or maybe they got rid of the discount. I don't know. We won't really know until later. yeah. Number two, dining reservation cancellation will now be more flexible. So Disney has modified its Walt Disney World restaurant cancellation policy to offer more flexibility when dining plans change. Guests can now cancel most dining reservations at Walt Disney World up to two hours before the booking without incurring a penalty. Before this change, guests had to cancel a reservation the day before to avoid a $10 per person cancellation fee. This new dining cancellation policy does not apply to hoop to do Musical Review, Victorian Albert's, and Monsieur Paul. And each of those have their own dining cancellation policies that remain as is. Uh, so check with your dining reservation confirmation email for details of any specific restaurant policies. And I think we talked about last week or a couple of weeks ago that Monsieur Paul won. It's very expensive.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited about this change. This is a great change. Like, you're not um, forced to... To go somewhere you don't want to. And then I think it also, for the people who uh, don't want to plan super far in advance, like it'll open up uh, or it'll help probably open up more reservations at the last minute and then also make the um, the walk-up sort of line flow faster, I think. Yeah. So that's very cool. I am very much for this change.
1: Yeah, and I understand why they have like the cancellation policy just so people just don't grab reservations and just hold on to them yeah um but still it does suck when you're just trying to use the system normally yep. and then you can potentially get penalized for it
0: yeah they kind of with the um the meal plan or the dining plan which they're not doing anymore and doesn't seem like it's coming back um uh, they kind of trained people that you have to have a reservation for everything and made it so much harder to get reservations for things. Yeah. So this will help hopefully untrain people, especially as the dining plan doesn't come back, if the dining plan doesn't come back. Um, so, pretty cool.
1: Number three, the 2022 Disney Parks holiday specials have been announced. woo So ABC and Disney Parks have announced the details for this year's holiday specials, and there will be two, The Wonderful World of Disney Magical Christmas Celebration and The Disney Parks Magical Christmas Day Parade. Derek Huff and Julian Huff return as hosts for both specials but are joined by Freeform's Sherry Cola and Gronish's Marcus Scribner for the Christmas Day Parade. The Wonderful World of Disney Magical Holiday Celebration will air on ABC Sunday, November 27th from 8 to 10 p.m. and stream next day on Hulu and Disney+. Disney Parks' Magical Christmas Day Parade will air on ABC, stream live on Hulu to all subscribers Sunday, December 5th, from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Time. Disney says, quote, The specials filmed from Walt Disney World Resort in Florida and Disneyland Resort in California will feature musical performances of holiday classics and cheerful new hits, showcasing heartwarming family stories and offer sneak peeks at what's new around the Walt Disney Company. Plus, Freeform's Trevor Jackson will perform aboard the newest Disney cruise ship, the Disney Wish, and a sneak peek at the highly anticipated upcoming major motion picture, Avatar, The Way of Water, only in theaters December 16th, 2022. Ooh. Musical performances include uh, The Black Eyed Peas, David Foster, Catherine McPhee, Il Volo, Jordan Sparks, Megan Trainer, Neo, Run DMC, and more.
0: Hanson.
1: I didn't say Hanson on yeah. the list, sadly.
0: I've only seen them once, I think. In the Christmas parade on the Christmas show, I've seen them plenty of times. <laughs> um, that's cool. I think stream live on Hulu is a little misleading, but
1: we'll allow it. It'll be as live as it is on ABC,
0: right? It'll simulcast. Yeah. <laughs> but love a good love a good uh, holiday special, especially on uh, Thanksgiving weekend, first couple of weeks in December
1: to get you in the mood I always I always want to watch the Disney parade and we usually do I think but I find that it's mostly musical performances yeah and less parade yeah and just like the amount of parade in the Disney Christmas parade that is it for news (laughs) okay (laughs) that's some good
0: news Michael Uh, This week on Main Tweet USA, Mickey's Toontown to reopen at Disneyland Park on March 8th, 2023. The reimagined Mickey's Toontown will provide open, grassy play spaces for everyone to unwind starting with Centennial Park, the first space guests will see when they enter the land. Centennial Park will be anchored by two new interactive play experiences, a beautiful fountain featuring water tables designed for play that invite guests to have a sensory experience, (laughs) plus a nearby dreaming tree with sculpted tree roots providing an opportunity for children to crawl and explore. It's a little splash pad in the playground. Mm -hmm. I like it. You
1: can get germs there, too.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, you can get germs
1: anywhere there are children there's a plethora of germs in that it's dreaming tree roots
0: Mm-hmm. and pee in those fountains mm, probably <laughs> uh, Mickey's Toontown will be home to a new attraction Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway inside the El Capitune theater <laughs> Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway will put you in the wacky and unpredictable cartoon world of Mickey and Minnie where you'll board a train with Goofy as in the engineer one magical moment after the next leads you to a zany, out-of-control adventure filled with surprising twists and turns that the entire family will enjoy. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway will open on January 27th when the Disney 100 Years of Wonder Celebration comes to life at Disneyland Resort. Also, check out Goofy's House and Goofy's How to Play Yard, uh, Donald's Boat and Donald's Duck Pond, Chippendale's Dale's Gadget Coaster, Mickey's House and Minnie's House, Roger Rabbit's Cartoon Spin, Cafe Disney, and
1: Good Boy Grocers. Cafe Daisy. Oh, Daisy. Oh, that's big nice. difference. Yeah, big <laughs> difference. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of concept art online. Um, so, yeah, it should be cool. Is it a straight port of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway? No, I think... There'll be different scenes? They get... I think I read that they're going to have... Two new rooms or two additional rooms that yeah. uh, we don't have, and I think there's is laid out differently. Like, because ours obviously was fit was put in right. the space of the great movie ride. So I don't know if there's in the same order, um, but I did see that they're going to get two new scenes or rooms or whatever. Well, that's cool. So yeah, but other than that, I think it's supposed to be the same. Yeah.
0: All right, I'll allow it.
1: Uh, and that's it for Main Tweet USA. Thanks, Jason. That was a great trip down Disneyland's Main Tweet USA.
0: Today's topic is Mickey and Minnie's 94th birthday celebration. 10 fun facts. Uh, so Michael is going to, he, uh, he and Will uh, did some research and found some fun facts about Mickey that we thought we'd share uh, to celebrate his 100th birthday, 94th birthday. So, I
1: always take rem- it away. I always remember their birthday. Well, I didn't realize it was Minnie's birthday too, but I always remember Mickey's birthday because it's the day after my birthday. It is. Though I'm not 94. Right. Yeah. Right. Right.
0: They were here before you.
1: Yes. So, some of these facts, like most facts, you may already know, or they may be new information. Mm hmm. So, the info has been sourced from Wikipedia, the Disney food blog, d23.com, and the Disney wiki. So, number one, Steamboat Willie was not the first Mickey cartoon.
0: What?
1: So, many folks might know that Steamboat Willie was the first Mickey Mouse released, and the first cartoon with synchronized sound, but did you know it's not actually the first ever cartoon Mickey was in? I did not. There were actually two fully completed Mickey Mouse cartoons made prior to Steamboat Willie. The first completed cartoon was called Playing Crazy and was inspired by Charles Lindbergh's first solo flight across the Atlantic. The plot had Mickey attempting to assemble his very own airplane and going on an adventurous flight with Minnie until some unwanted things end the trip.
0: Always happens. Something goes wrong.
1: The film tested well with audiences, but it failed to pick up a distributor after its May 1928 test screening. Did it ever get released? Yes. Is
0: that later on in this
1: fact? No, I don't think so. But, I mean, it's out there if you want to see it. So It got released somehow.
0: Yeah, I guess, you know. At some point, Mickey was a giant hit, and they're like, "Well, we got these two other shorts. Let's get them out there."
1: Yeah, I don't know if they like. They may have yeah released it later once he became popular. Yeah. So, according to the Walt Disney Family Museum, the second Mickey Mouse cartoon, The Galloping Gaucho, also failed to get distributed. One distributor said to Walt, "Quote: They don't know you, and they don't know your mouse." They quote. <laughs> 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 this cartoon was originally made as a silent film, but released in 1928 after sound was added.
0: Nice, St- uh, Again, love that Disney Family Museum. If you're ever in San Francisco, it's worth a uh, worth a trip,
1: and it's worth going um, again. Like if you go back to San Francisco and you haven't been because they change, like you know, like most museums, yeah, they change, rotating, yeah. So you can get new information. Yeah. Steamboat Willie was the third short of the series to be produced, but released first on November eighteenth, nineteen twenty-eight. Hence, the birthday. Ah. Pete was featured as the captain of the steamboat, Mickey as a crew of one, and Minnie as the single passenger. The two anthropomorphic mice first start in the sound film and spend most of its duration playing music to the tune of Turkey in the Straw.
0: Is that that? Something like that, yeah. That
1: was, I think, all that jazz. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you mean. Yeah, (laughs)
0: that's not his song. That whistling that he does at the beginning of the.
1: I think so, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Alright, number two. Minnie was initially created to be the love interest of Mickey Mouse and concept Ooh. art for Mickey showed a female mouse alongside him. So Minnie was designed in the fashion of a flapper girl. Her main outfit consisted of a short flapper girl dress that often revealed her distinctive patched knickers. Yikes. In the 1929 cartoon The Carnival Kid, it was also revealed that she wears black stockings which were also fashionable among flapper girls. What's a flapper girl? It's the that twenties. Uh, uh, is it like a dress style or is it like a type of? Yeah,
0: it's that. It's the dress that um, it kind of has a long body and then it flares out a little bit. And they have the headbands on normally. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. like that's the that's a flapper. That's girl. a flapper. Okay, and the they do this a lot. The hands, yeah, the hands. I want to say that. Marrying them in Downton
1: Abbey at some point were dressed like flappers. Oh, yeah. A little bit. Yeah, they were. Yeah. All right. Her shoes are probably her most distinctive article of clothing. So for comedic effect, she wears oversized high-heeled pumps that are too big for her feet. Her heels often slip out of the shoes, and she even loses her shoes completely in the galloping gaucho. When she walked or danced, the clip-clop of her large pumps was usually heard clearly and often went with the rhythm of the music that was played in the background. Along with Mickey, she was redesigned in 1940. Her hat was replaced with a large bow, and bows were added to her shoes as well. Her eyes were also given more detail. Throughout the 1940s and 50s, her look and personality became more conservative. Minnie almost always wears red or pink, but in her early appearances, she could be seen wearing a combination of blue, black, or green, when not depicted in black and white. Hmm. And we'll talk more about the, uh, the redesign of Mickey Mouse throughout the years later. Yeah. Number three, did you know Mickey's birthday wasn't always in November?
0: I did not. I've only recently remembered that Mickey's birthday was in (laughs) November.
1: (laughs) So nowadays, we celebrate Mickey's birthday on November 18th, the date that Steamboat Willie debuted, which is the day that we're recording this. But that wasn't always the case. In 1933, Walt said that Mickey's birthday was in October, saying, quote, Mickey Mouse will be five years old on Sunday. He was born on October 1st, 1928. Oh. That was the date on which his first picture was started, so we have allowed him to claim this day as his birthday, per the Walt Disney Family Museum. Over the next several decades, Mickey's birthday was altered several times, often to conform to various marketing promotions ranging from late September to December. In 1978, the founder of the Disney Archives, Dave Smith, determined that the Steamboat Willie premiere was Mickey's birthday as it was his true first public appearance.
0: Huh. Well, I don't know if I agree with that. I feel like, uh, Walt's version uh should be the, the that should be the source of truth Walt Disney and also when he first drew him that's when he first came to life you know like a baby when a baby's born <laughs> like let's say uh Jonathan Brandis again he was a child actor and yeah. his debut was you know some years after he was born yeah but you don't say that his His birthday was the day that his first picture came out. It's true. You'd say that his birthday is the day that he was first brought into the world.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's the right. I don't know why they decided the Walt Disney version wasn't the acceptable version. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, well, but now it's November 18th. Yep. The day after my birthday.
0: Maybe it's easier to remember.
1: Yeah. I guess
0: that. It was his first picture.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I don't like it, but I'll allow it.
1: (laughs) Number four. Walt was the original voice of Mickey and Minnie. So when Mickey fully found his voice, he was voiced by Walt Disney himself. That's a pretty well-known fact, but did you know that Walt also voiced Mickey Mouse, also voiced Minnie Mouse, too? At least at first. So Walt and other staff members voiced Minnie in her early cartoons until the early 1930s when her voice switched over to ink and paint artist Marcele Garner. Walt voiced Mickey starting with Steamboat Willie in 1928 all the way through 1946. And interestingly enough, the exception to that appears to be when Carl Stalling voiced Mickey's first word. What
0: was his first word? Do we know?
1: We'll find out. Ooh. Right now. So during (laughs) the initial run of Mickey Mouse shorts, Mickey did not actually speak. He whistled, laughed, cried, and otherwise vocally expressed himself but it wasn't until his ninth short film Carnival Kid in 1929 in which Mickey's first said actual words. So Mickey's first spoken line is, hot dogs, hot dogs. The voice being provided by composer Carl W. Stalling instead of Walt Disney who, like we mentioned, is the original full voice of Mickey Mouse, at least until uh, the 1940s.
0: Well, that's cool. Hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog. And that's a fact for the Hot Dog Channel channel on for our Patreon saints.
1: Number five, do you know why Mickey wears white gloves?
0: No. Maybe they ran out of other colors.
1: <laughs> well, there might be a few reasons. Oh. So according to Mental Floss, Mickey wears gloves so that it's easier to see his hands against his body. Mickey's black torso could easily absorb the definition of his bare hands, so the white gloves help them to stick out. Mickey may also wear gloves, according to some sources, to make him look more human. Yeah, I bet it's the um,
0: the black versus white uh, like, like contrast. The contrast. Um, oftentimes, uh, cartoons are drawn in a way like for reasons like that. Like the you know, the Simpsons have four fingers because it's easier to draw than five.
1: Those family guy characters just look weird. Yeah.
0: Nobody really wears plaid cuz it's hard <laughs> to animate.
1: Number 6. Mickey and Minnie are married. Or are they? Yeah,
0: it's this is unclear to me. Sometimes they seem like they are, sometimes they seem like they're dating. It's like a Kermit and Miss Piggy type of situation for me. <laughs>
1: Well, it's a common question among Disney fans and what exactly the relationship between Mickey and Minnie is. In some cartoons, they seem like they're just beginning to date. In others, they seem married for years. So what's the deal? Mm-hmm. Well, Mickey and Minnie have never officially married on screen, but in the eyes of the studio, they are married, according to the Walt Disney Family Museum. As Walt put it, quote, In private life, Mickey is married to Minnie. What it really amounts to is that Minnie is, for screen purposes, his leading lady. If the story calls for a romantic courtship, then Minnie is the girl. But when the story requires a married couple, then they appear as man and wife. In the studio, we have decided that they are married already. End quote. And one super cute detail is uh, that the two of the later voices of Mickey and Minnie were actually married. Oh, I love details like that. So that was Wayne Allwine, who voiced Mickey from 1977 to 2009, and Russie Taylor, who voiced Minnie from 1986 up to most recently, 2019, tied the knot together. Oh, that's nice. I love that kind of stuff. Like the uh,
0: the Anna and Prince Hans um, on the
1: Frozen tour, they were married. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What could have been? <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. I think it was Elsa. <laughs> Number seven, Mickey Mouse's design has changed 13 times so far. So we'll go through each of the 13 Changes in Mickey's appearance. Okay. At least try to describe them. So, in 1928, Mickey's first created film, Plain Crazy, Mickey had no shoes or gloves. In 1928, uh, by Steamboat Willie, which we mentioned was the third produced, Mickey now wore shoes. He didn't have gloves in Steamboat Willie? Apparently not. Huh. So, in 1929, Mickey was actually mouth-sized in one short film. <laughs> it was called When the Cat's Away, and Minnie as well. The short also debuted The White Gloves. Mm.
0: These early ones were really kind of off-putting. Yeah. Like, he, he looked very... But you can see, uh,
1: like, just by... <laughs> there's been three already in the span of a year that they're still kind of figuring out what yeah. he looks like. So, off also in 1929, often when someone thinks of classic cartoons, there's a specific design that comes to mind. Black and white, rubbery limbs, and eyes with a slice cut out of them like a piece of pie. Mm -hmm. This style of eye, fondly nicknamed Pie Eyes, first appeared on Mickey in this short and is frequently associated with Mickey's early cartoons. Though I forgot to put the name of the short, so I don't know what short that was.
0: (laughs) Mickey and the Pie Eyes.
1: (laughs) Again, in 1929, we mentioned that the short film Carnival Kid was the first in which Mickey actually spoke words, but it also contained a visual gag that may have inspired one of the most famous pieces of Mickey Mouse merchandise ever. Mickey tips his ears like a hat to Minnie Mouse, and the imagery of his ears being used as a hat foreshadows the classic Mouse Ears hat used by the Mickey Mouse Club and sold as a must-have souvenir in Disney theme parks all over the world. Oh, that's neat. So I think he like took off his ears like a hat. Yeah. That's really neat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah
0: we uh we have a Disney Christmas tree and we use a, a set of Mickey ears as the topper for it. hmm It also seems like during this time, I mean, this is what? One, two, three, four, five different designs in two years. It seems like everybody just down the hall were working on different Mickey shorts and nobody had really gotten together in the conference room and been like, this is what he looks like.
1: Yeah, my favorite one is... The, the one time he was actually mouth-sized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, that brings us to 1935 for the short film The Band Concert, which establishes Mickey's red and yellow clothing color scheme for good in his first full-colored animated experience to be released in theaters. Ooh. Walt Disney knew the importance of looking forward to the future, and with this development of color cartoons, he knew he was never going back to black and white. In 1938, the short film Brave Little Taylor debuted another very popular and classic Mickey Mouse outfit: his peasant outfit.
0: If yeah, this is, is this when he started getting like plumper too? Yeah, like, um, more what you think of when you think of not it. as
1: creepy looking. Yeah,
0: not as <laughs> rat. He looked very rat-like originally.
1: He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the longer nose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In 1939. Um, In the Pointer short film, where Mickey tries to train Pluto to become a hunting dog, the most classic version of Mickey Mouse is established. His now flesh-toned face and peopled eyes, a new style supervised by artist Fred Moore, have become standard for Mickey Mouse's modern design. Yeah. In 1940, although the Pointer established Mickey's new look, another on-screen appearance would truly popularize it. In the Sorcerer's Apprentice segment of Fantasia, Mickey debuts another one of his most classic outfits, his red robe, and Yen Sid's blue and white starred hat that have come to symbolize Disney everywhere, from the Disney theme park show Fantasmic to the Walt Disney Animation Studios in Burbank. It's
0: crazy to me that the the version of Mickey Mouse that you think of when you think of Mickey Mouse is that old. Like, it's the 1940, 1939, 1940. Yeah. Um, that, like, your quintessential, classic Mickey Mouse's was born then and hasn't up until you know the Ren and Stimpy era hasn't really changed all that much
1: well in 1952 Mickey becomes even more stylized in Pluto's party Mickey's face becomes more pear shaped and he gains more expression with the addition of eyebrows this look also is used for the Mickey Mouse Club logo a symbol beloved in the hearts of Disney fans everywhere yeah then there was a long gap where Mickey looked exactly the same. Yeah. So jump ahead half a century Yeah. the year 2000. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So after a long time with a single look, Mickey became modernized in the TV show Mickey Mouse Works. His design was a throwback to the old school Mickey design established in The Pointer and The Sorcerer's Apprentice, while also introducing Mickey Mouse to the modern era. This design was a standard for Mickey Mouse cartoons of the 2000s, such as The Prince and the Popper, House of Mouse, and The Three Musketeers. Though so The Prince and the Pauper was in the 1990s, but yeah. I guess they're lumping it all together. I guess so. I mean, it was like an era. In the 2002 to 2010 time period, all of Mickey's prior redesigns were made for hand-drawn animation on the movie and television screens, but Mickey also had several redesigns for a new medium, video games. Two of his most famous appearances are his role as King Mickey from the series Kingdom Hearts and as the protagonist and namesake of Epic Mickey. In Kingdom Hearts, Mickey's design is similar to his usual early 2000s design, but he is dressed to match the design aesthetic of the human characters of the game. Epic Mickey, on the other hand, revives Mickey's style from his The Band concert days to better match the design with that of Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, his co-star. And then lastly, the 13th one actually started in 2013. That's the newest entry in animated adaptations of Mickey and Friends cartoon capers features a stylized design harkening back to Mickey's days of rubber limbs and pie eyes, but with an emphasis on the potential for silliness and mischief. The cartoon makes the best of both worlds with a modern sensibility inspired by the classic look of Mickey Mouse that we have all come to associate with the best of Disney. And this is the style that the current short films as well as Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway use.
0: Yeah, this is the kind of Ren and Stimpy style and I think it's the same art director or something maybe.
1: I um, can see that, yeah. Yeah. Especially Goofy. Yeah. Like we talked about it before. He looks weird and definitely seems like a Ren and Stimpy character. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I like it. I like it as a um uh occasional thing, but I they they still are using the like original Mickey and like when you do a meet and greet with Mickey, he's yeah. what you think of as Mickey. It's not the the new version. So I like that they have a couple of different versions of him.
1: Yeah, that's true. Medium. Yeah. Media. Yeah. They don't feel the need to change him yeah. everywhere. Yeah. All right. Number eight. Did you know that Mickey Mouse has an extended family? These no. These rarely, if ever, appear in animated form and originate in the comic strips.
0: Oh, he has nephews or something, right?
1: Yes, he has twin nephews, Morty and Ferdy Fieldmouse. There's also Felicity Fieldmouse, also known as Amelie Mouse Fieldmouse or Amelie Fieldmouse or simply (laughs) Miss Fieldmouse, who is an anthropomorphic mouse who who is Mickey Mouse's older sister and Morty and Ferdy's mother. Okay. You have Madeline Mouse, Mickey's blonde city cousin, who appeared in Love Trouble, a strip serial that ran from April 14th to July 5th, 1941. And while referred to as blonde in the story itself, Madeline also has been colored with straight yellow fur in some printings of the story. Instead of like a blonde, like hair? Yeah. They just made her. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. And there are others that have been mentioned, but don't have much info on. That's like, um, sorry. That's like uh, um,
0: Sigils just they just describe what the sigil is and then it's up to whoever to to draw them out like she's blonde okay i got it she's all
1: blonde yeah i guess if you're all hair
0: (laughs) yeah i mean it makes sense like i can see where the logic goes
1: so there are other relatives um that have been mentioned but there's not much info on them you have mickey's father and mother grandpa joe mouse gammy Mm. great-grandpa Alba Marle Mouse, great-great-great-grandpa Jonathan Tobias Mouse, Good lord! Uncle Albert, Aunt Victoria, Cousin Alistair, Cornelius Mouse, Sherman Mouse, and more. Those Do you little... think this
0: is where they came up with Victoria and Alberts?
1: <gasps> I don't know. Could it be named after <laughs> Mickey's
0: random aunt and uncle?
1: Probably not, but maybe. I, I think it is. I don't know one way or the other.
0: 100% confirmed. <laughs> Mephisto...
1: You would not believe where Victoria and gets its name <laughs> yeah. Alright, number nine. Similarly, did you know that Mitty Mouse has an extended family? And again, these rarely, if ever, appear in animated form and originate in the comic strips. You have Millie and Melody Mouse, who are twin nieces of Mitty Mouse. Although they can be full of mischief, they are sweet, just like their aunt.
0: Hmm.
1: There's Marcus Mouse, Minnie's stern father. He is a farmer and runs the family farm with his wife. Why is
0: this a... Uh... Rhaenyra and Damon situation? Why is their last name the same? Mickey and Minnie's. I don't know. Like Minnie's. Maybe
1: in uh, Mouse Society, your last name is your species.
0: Just regular mouse versus field mouse? Yeah. Okay.
1: You have Marshall Mouse, and not much is known about him except that he has a wife named Matilda. He is father to Marcus Mouse and paternal grandfather to Minnie Mouse. You have Mandy Mouse, who is Minnie's mischievous sister. Yeah I can see that And then she has even more nieces ZZ Mouse, Pammy Mouse, Tammy Mouse Lily Mouse and Tiny Mouse <laughs> so, yeah. I hope
0: Tiny Mouse is like a big hulking mouse Like uh, uh, Lisa in, um,
1: in Kanto. Oh yeah Hi I'm Tiny Mouse Yeah I don't know I don't know if we'll ever see any of these We've seen the twins Mickey's Twins before, like, in artwork and stuff and, like, Mm -hmm. different... I think they were in a Christmas Carol, the Disney version. Yeah, I feel like most
0: of what I've seen from Mickey's family would be a Christmas Carol. Tiny Tim,
1: etc. Yeah. All right, number 10, our last piece of trivia. In the Disney parks, Duffy the Bear actually originated with Minnie Mouse. So there are multiple stories to this, but the story goes... Quote, one day, Mickey was getting ready to set sail on a long sea voyage.
0: On Disney Cruise Line. Book now.
1: <laughs> Call your travel agent. Minnie made him a special teddy bear to take with him so he would never be lonely. Minnie presented her hand-sewn bear to Mickey in a duffel bag. Mickey loved the bear and named him Duffy. As Mickey and Duffy sailed on their journey, they visited all sorts of exciting places and make new friends along the way. At the end of their travels, they sailed back home for a wonderful reunion with Minnie. Mickey and Duffy shared their magical memories and photos with Minnie, who was thrilled that Duffy was such a great friend and companion to Mickey. End quote. Very cute. So there's a, I found like a bunch of different stories like this so that are all kind of similar, but have slightly different details. So mm-hmm. I had no idea. I just thought some, that Duffy bear was just its own thing. I didn't, like a
0: Build-A-Bear, but for Disney.
1: Yeah. I didn't realize there was like a story that actually connected him to the, the mouse family. Yeah.
0: He's big in Japan.
1: Yeah, I think he was popular Duffy. here. I just never really... He just suddenly appeared, <laughs> as far as I was concerned. And <clears throat> yeah,
0: I think it was, like, kind of a response to the Build-A-Bear craze. Because they're about the same size. You could probably get the same clothes for... Uh, or the the clothes size are probably the same if you had Build-A-Bear clothes versus Duffy Bear clothes.
1: Yeah, and he was more... Uh, he looked more cuddly than if you had a stuffed... Uh, uh, country Bear. Yeah. Because some of those don't look that cuddly. No. They look creepy. Yeah.
0: Um, it's a good thing she didn't put him in a knapsack or he'd be named Saki.
1: <laughs> Saki? Yeah. Saki. Suki. Suki. So, yeah. So, that's 10-ish uh, items of Mickey and Minnie trivia to celebrate their birthday. So... Some of these I knew, but a lot of it I didn't really know the details of. Yeah. Um and I especially didn't realize how many times Mickey changed appearances throughout the years. I knew like there was ma- like some significant some changes. Like major ones, yeah. Yeah, but I didn't realize like some of them he didn't have shoes on and other ones he didn't have gloves on. And- yeah,
0: it really was like those first ones were like there's a meeting and it's like, yeah, he's a mouse. He's got uh, you know, mouse features and shoes. <laughs> and then they all just went to different offices and <laughs> made uh, uh different shorts which probably was the case and, and somebody was like all right let's get one mickey mouse
1: yeah and then there was probably that one animator that was left out of the loop and thought that mickey was actually m- mouse sized yeah <laughs> he was he
0: was sick one day yeah. like he was out
1: sick he missed the memo that mickey is actually i guess is mickey re- human sized
0: No, I don't think he's
1: human. No, because I guess he's he's smaller than Yen Sid and and the Sorcerer's Apprentice.
0: I think he's, I've always assumed he was like waist high and Goofy is taller than me.
1: Yeah, he's a man dog. Yeah,
0: and like the Simpsons are like shoulder high,
1: I think. Oh, I assume they were human size too.
0: Yeah, they might be, but to me, they've always, I've always felt like they would be.
1: You've always looked down on them? A little shorter
0: than me. (laughs) Yes. Uh, so another cool thing is today there was that uh, Disney, there's like a Mickey Mouse documentary that's been released on um, Disney Plus. We have not watched it, but uh, looking forward to adding it to the list.
1: Yeah, we have planned on watching it because I thought it came out a few days ago. It's called uh, Mickey, the story of a mouse. Yeah. So, so I'm excited to watch that. It's supposed to be good, but we'll see. Uh, If you have a fun fact
0: about Mickey Mouse, send it in. Uh, You can email us email us at info at tfppodcast.com we're on Instagram and Reddit at slash TFP podcast. we're currently on Twitter at tfp underscore podcast but that is all completely up to elongated muskrat
1: In we may be on mastodon Yes. <laughs> uh,
0: subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcatcher we have some pretty awesome t-shirts at shop.tfppodcast.com and we have some exclusive Patreon only content that's available to you you support the show on patreon.com slash TFP podcast.
1: So I got anything else? Happy birthday Mickey and Minnie and happy Thanksgiving to our US listeners. Oh boy! Thanks for
0: listening. We'll see you real soon. Happy birthday Mickey! Happy
1: birthday Mickey. It just keeps on Happy birthday, Mickey! The music, kept the movie I made These are the moments we'll remember That's awesome.